At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome back to Hyperfocus, where every week is new, amazing, and earth-shattering. Hello, chaotic minds. Welcome back again. Now, you may remember, if you listened to last week's quote-unquote episode, that it is going to be just me this week. Um, and even though Maddie is not here, she has given me something to, I guess, I guess replace her. Something in lieu of her presence. That's this little lovely mug that says, I'd rather be podcasting. And it's true. It's true. It is usually what I would rather be doing. Delicious. Now, it, it is just me this week, so we are going to be doing things a little bit differently. But, you know, what you came for is here, and that's me, because I know that you all just, every Monday morning, all you want is just Rachel content, and that's what you're going to get. But it's going to be different this week, because, I mean, not only is it just me, you know, quote-unquote, just me, um, but we're going to do a little bit of a different style today. I, I've been wanting to do a, a Q&A um, type episode for a while now, and I figured that this would be a great time to do it. Now, don't worry, you're still going to learn. I picked some specific questions that I could do some little deep dives on, some of them, but also some of them are, you know, more fun questions. You know, I don't need to explain it. We're going to just get right into it, and, and you'll see. You'll see. Just, just trust me, okay? Just take my hand. Don't question it. Just let it happen, and everything is going to be okay. I say as if I did not accidentally delete most of the questions that we were asked. Turns out when you put a little question sticker on um, an Instagram story, that even when it goes into your archive, you save it to your archive, you cannot see the questions that people asked past like two or three days after they asked them. So unfortunately, I did lose a couple of them. However, there was, I, there, I know that there was at least one on there that I wanted to, um, to, that I wanted to answer. Unfortunately, I just don't remember who asked it. But some Instagram user who follows us, you know who you are, asked, why do monkeys throw their poop? Obviously, this is a burning question for all of us, but I've often been told that I am very intuitive, I'm good at reading between the lines, knowing people's motivations for things, getting to the root of what people actually mean rather than just what they're saying. And what I'm getting from you here is that your problem is not so much with monkeys throwing their poop. Your question is not, why do monkeys throw their poop? Your question is why do humans not throw their poop, right? That's, that's the bigger thing here. 
Um, I think, I think we can attribute that largely just to social norms. Um, but you know, don't let that hold you back. Do what you got to do. If you really feel like you have to throw your poop, then throw your poop. And that's just going to, you know, it's going to be what happens and it's going to be okay. And maybe you'll feel better afterwards. Uh, am, am I a licensed therapist? No, but I think this is incredible mental health advice for everyone. It just release some of your frustrations, okay? The real question is just, why have we as a society decided that this is something that is not okay? And I get that. I know that's not what you actually asked, and I think that's just because you were embarrassed to say what you were actually thinking, right? Well, here's the answer to what you were actually thinking. There's no reason. So just do it. Just start throwing your poop. <laughs> but in all actuality, it's pretty much almost, almost exclusively chimpanzees who are in captivity Hashtag not all monkeys, just chimpanzees. And it's usually a sign of agitation, um, discomfort, distress, those kinds of things. So when a, a chimpanzee in captivity is feeling stressed, often that is something that is in um, high, high supply. It's always around. Some monkeys outside of captivity do throw other things, rocks, sticks, things like that, but they will, but chimpanzees will, will throw their poop as, you know, a sign of stress. And some people do think that this might actually be a sign of intelligence in monkeys, which if you follow us on TikTok, you know, I did a, a video on how monkeys have entered the stone age and I am very fascinated by that, but I won't get into that now because I'll never get through a decently timed podcast. It'll just go for hours. But there are some, some researchers, some some, some people who do think that uh, this may be a sign of intelligence in chimpanzees because they have realized that this is a way for them to control the behavior of humans in some way, not necessarily to like, not like a, in a way that they can fine tune um, the, the behavior and how they control the behavior of humans, but they know that they'll get a reaction out of humans when they throw poop, especially if they throw it towards the humans. So it's, that's, you know, something to think about, something that hopefully we'll get more research on. Honestly, I think what my, my big takeaway from this question is, is that my dream job and now your dream job should also be a monkey fecal matter hurling researcher. We need to, we need to look into this further and figure out if this is a sign of intelligence. We'll watch some monkeys throw their poop. Okay. And, and that's, that's all I have to say about the matter. Um, I, I think I've covered everything that you need and then some, so you're welcome. So up next, Rachel asked, Rachel, what is your favorite unethical psychology experiment? Well, Rachel, I'm so glad you asked me, Rachel. No, it was not me. It was a different Rachel. Get over it. I did not ask myself this question, although that is something I would do. Now, now this is this is a difficult question. This kind of feels like this this question to me is reminiscent of the like who's your favorite serial killer question, which is not a question that I always feel and I never know how to approach that question because like how do you how do you like it, it feels wrong to have a favorite serial killer, right? It feels wrong to say, oh, this is a, this is an unethical experiment that I just love. But I mean, I know what you're getting at. The question is, is more of, uh, more along the lines of which one do you find the most fascinating? And whenever people ask me who's my favorite serial killer, I reword their question to say, well, the, the case that I think is the most interesting, which by the way, Ed Kemper, it, uh, it's, it's still a tough question. <laughs> Even when I, when I, you know, clarify my intent behind the answer, um, 
probably the Stanford Prison Experiment. Obviously, I did a two-part episode on that, so I'm very into that. Um, I think mostly because of what we learned from the experiment beyond what we were supposed to learn. A lot of unethical experiments, we do learn some some information, some you know, in in some way or another, valuable information because they they tested something, even though it was unethical, like the research was properly done, uh, uh, you know, other than the ethics. But the same cannot be said for the Stanford prison experiment. It's not so much that we learned from research that was good, except for the ethics of it, is that we kind of learned from very poor research. We realized, you know, he accidentally made himself a participant in his study, and it's very fascinating. And it kind of does, you know, prove some of the, the theories around what he was trying to study in a roundabout way and in a very unethical way. But I think that was very fascinating to see him, um, to see Dr. Zimbardo kind of become the very thing that he was trying to study. Um, other than that, I mean, the Milgram, like the shock experiment is very interesting. I think I may have explained that one on the Stanford prison experiment episode, the monster study, which that one's very interesting. It's like, um, oh goodness, it's been a long time. I might not get all the details all correct here. I might miss a detail or two, but very young children were kind of working with, um, working on their, on their speech. Um, and some children were just always given positive reactions and, uh, reinforcement. They were always told that they were good at what they were doing, you know, just a lot of positivity around their skills and their practicing and all of that. And then another group of young children were constantly told that they were doing poorly and that they'd never get better. And those, those children who received negative reactions developed more, um, uh, like speech problems, um, had difficulty properly expressing themselves, things like that. So, you know, <laughs> obviously that had a lot of long-term effects on those children who received those negative reactions, which is, which is tragic, which is a very interesting study. Um, MK Ultra is always an interesting one, but that one has a lot of like conspiracy around it too. So I don't know that I can, how much I can, you know, actually say, of what happened. Oh, another really good one is the the Bobo doll study. So basically, this this tested um, the social learning theory. Um, this was uh, done by Albert Bandora. So there was this like blow up clown doll that had some kind of weight in the bottom. So you know you'd like kick it or punch it and it would like spring back up. Um, and an adult would uh, model an interaction um, with the Bobo doll in multiple different ways. Some of them. Um, ignored the doll, some of them, oh, and by the way, this is a very large doll. This is, you know, kind of like a, uh, punching bag size thing. Um, some of them would ignore it. Some of them would have like positive interactions with it. And some of them would have extremely violent interactions with the Bobo doll, kicking it, hitting it, punching it, shooting toy guns at it, things like that. And the children, interesting, oh, slapping my mic because I'm getting excited about psychological experiments. What else is new? Basically, the children would mirror what they saw the adult model do. Like the adult model would do it, and then the children would be put alone in a room with a bunch of toys. And the ones that, you know, the model ignored the toys, they'd play with something else. But the children who saw the violent adult model, they went <laughs> so hard, so, so hard. I encourage you all to go on YouTube and look up the, um, the, like the Bobo doll experiment. And there are videos of what these children did to the Bobo doll. And they, my goodness, these children had aggressive reactions. And it, I, I wouldn't say that this one is as unethical as a lot of the other ones, but you know, unethical in different ways of like exposing children to violence. 
um, even if it was simulated violence. But wild, highly recommend watching the footage from that. I mean, it's black and white and it's not great quality, but it's, uh, it's out there. You know, actually, I, <laughs> I really was fascinated with this study the first time I heard about it so much though that when I, it was in a, um, a high school psychology class and we bought our teacher a DSM-5 because it was, you know, somewhat new at the time. And the most recent one that he had was the DSM-4, um, which is the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual, basically a list of diagnoses and symptoms. And it's kind of an oversimplification, but that's pretty much what it is. Um, so we bought him the DSM-5 and we got him a bunch of psychology stickers and we like made a, like a paper cover for it and put a bunch of psychology stickers on them. Or on the on the cover of it, and my probably my favorite one. It was a picture of the Bobo doll, and it said, "I'd hit that." It's just so good. And then I bought myself that sticker too, and I don't know where it is, and I really need to find it because I currently only have a hyperfocus sticker on my laptop. I, I'd be willing to put the "I'd hit that Bobo" on my on my laptop as well. So the next one isn't necessarily a question. Um, I don't have a specific person that it came from because we've gotten multiple requests on this one, questions. Um, so a lot of people have been wondering, are we going to do an episode on Gabby Petito? What are your thoughts on Gabby Petito? What are your thoughts on the case? That kind of thing. So a lot of questions and a lot of people suggesting an episode. And I do have a lot of thoughts on this, but I have kind of been purposely avoiding it in in the realm of the podcast anyway. So I... I, I don't really like how the social internet has handled this case. Now, don't get me wrong. It's always great when people bring attention to these cases, when people come together to show support. That's, that is great. And that sometimes is extremely helpful. And I don't want to discount either of those things at all, the actual help that it can bring and just the, the moral support for the family of the victims. Um, that is, that is all very good. And yeah, I, I don't want to discredit that, but there are some things that I think went awry in specifically Gabby Petito's case. The one that has bothered me the most is that whether people meant to or not, which I, I think most people did have good intentions. Um, a lot of people kind of seemed to treat this as a game. Um, it started to feel like a lot of people were treating it like a murder mystery, um, you know, like a murder mystery dinner party or like, uh, like, you know, there's a game called hunt a killer where they send you like a fake cold case file and it looks wonderful. I would love to try it, but that's a completely separate thing. That is a game that is not real. Um, this, in Gabby Petito's case, that's a real person's life who was lost, um, something about the way that a, a lot of people, not all of them, there were definitely some informative and respectful, um, informative, you know, videos, podcasts, things like that. But the way that a lot of people treated it just really rubbed me the wrong way for some reason that I, I feel like it's for these reasons that I'm talking about, but also for some other unidentifiable reason. Um, that's just something didn't sit right with me. Uh, along with people treating it like a murder mystery, it, it felt like, you know, suddenly everyone on the internet was an expert in everything, criminal investigation, an expert in, you know, relationships and body language and lie detection and mode, uh, like murder motives and criminal psychology and all of those things. If the thing is, when you do that on the internet, that plays out much differently than in real life. It was kind of, it felt to me like a lot of people had the mindset of, I am 100% correct, 
anyone and everyone who disagrees with me in any way is either an idiot or victim blaming or, um, you know, covering for, for Brian, uh, Brian Laundry. And I wasn't a big fan of that. It felt to me like it was trial by media. And again, something about that just did not sit right with me. And the, the police and the FBI especially often keep things really close to the chest. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, that goes on behind the cameras, that goes on behind the TikToks. And I didn't want to participate in accidentally promoting any type of misinformation or any like discussion about how social media is doing better at this than the FBI. Like I saw a lot of that and I was just like, I don't know, something about that isn't right. Like there's like there's so much that we don't know what's going on here. And it it was really just treated as a like haha gotcha we're smarter and <laughs> i try to stay out of any type of gotchaism of what i call it um is what i call it any gotchaism of the internet and it was starting to feel like that to me after a while just a lot of fights a lot of anger a lot of speculation and a lot of like cruelty even um i saw when i first was you know trying to learn about this case um I saw that Gabby's brother had commented on uh, Brian Laundrie's Instagram. He had commented on one of Brian's posts saying, basically, guys, well, this is a while that I looked at it, so I might not have it completely correct, but it was something along the lines of like, this is an ongoing investigation. Like, please just, you are not the final authority here. Like, let's just see what happens and focus instead on what's actually helpful. And people were like coming for him. Like he was he's, he's the victim's sister and people were telling him that he was wrong and that he needed to like be better. And that it, it, it just, I was reading those comments. I was like, this is awful. Like I want nothing to do with this. Like I cannot imagine being on his side of this right now. You know, I would want like attention on my sister, but I wouldn't want that kind of attention on me and my family. And like, it's, it's enough trauma already. And obviously I cannot speak for anyone. I cannot speak for any of the victim's um, family. I, I can't speak for anyone in this case, but to me, it was just something's not right here. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I don't want to make this any worse for anyone. So long story short, I do have thoughts on the case for sure, but I have mainly just avoided speaking on it because I don't want to accidentally participate in the spreading of any misinformation um, or trial by media. We're really just ca getting caught in the web of internet debates where you get to the point of wanting to be right over wanting to get justice for the victim. And I do think that is what is what has happened to quite a few people. And it's, it's an easy thing to fall into. I have fallen into it before, maybe not in the same context, not a necessarily true crime context, but or like getting justice for a victim context, but it's an easy trap to fall into. And I just felt like for me, it was not the right time for me to, um, it, it wasn't the, the hill I wanted to die on. Um, if it were something of someone having, of not getting media attention, maybe I, I would have, but I felt like they had enough media attention that it was probably becoming harder on the family. Um, and I just didn't want to accidentally put anything out there that might be harmful in any way. Not to say that if you've been keeping up on the case or that if you have produced any type of media that you are automatically doing a bad thing. I just felt like it wasn't my place specifically for me. I mean, I'm still keeping up on the case, but it um, was not something that I felt I should be using my platform for. Um, 
more more so not because I was afraid of like making bad or harmful content. Like it's more of just like I don't want to provide a platform for the for harmful reactions to the content because I've seen a I've read a lot of comment sections on people's videos and it made me very upset. And I'm not even the one who has any personal connection to this. So yes, again, I do have thoughts on it. I do have a lot of thoughts on it, but I just out of respect for the family, um, I feel like it is best for me not to comment on this tragedy beyond what I have said here. That being said, do hope for justice to be served swiftly and accurately. And I hope to uh, see that see that very soon. So with that being said, I'm going to move on. Just want to say, you know, my thoughts and prayers with, uh, with Gabby's family and friends and anyone who has been affected by this case. But I'm going to leave it at that. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. So, moving on, the next question is from... Twitter user, oh my goodness, Mortatrellis, 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 I don't know, hello. (laughs) Now this is a question I get a lot. Uh, This question is, when did you decide to start the podcast and why? This is one that I've seen over and over again, so sorry if you also asked the question, this was just the one that I had a screenshot of from a while ago. So if you don't already know, the term hyperfocus is actually an ADHD term. Um, I guess, you know, more broadly neurodivergent, but in my experience, more generally associated with ADHD. Um, and I, I just kind of noticed that the podcast market um, didn't really cater to people with ADHD or even people without a diagnosis who just generally didn't like podcasts or had shorter attention spans, whatever, whatever that may be. And I, I wanted to fill that gap because I did realize that there are, there were already a lot of podcasts about ADHD but there weren't any podcasts at all, really, that were for people with ADHD without it being about ADHD. And seeing that hyperfocus is probably my favorite symptom, symptom? Side effect of ADHD? I don't know. My favorite um, experience associated with ADHD. I thought it'd be the perfect name and the perfect topic for, um, for a podcast to kind of expand the podcast market not through making a podcast that was exclusively for people with ADHD, but rather that was inclusive of people with ADHD, but also enjoy- enjoyable for the average listener. I know myself, I often will listen to 20 episodes of a podcast and then be like, oh, I'm done with this. Or if it's over an hour, I'm, I, nope, not gonna happen. 
just really felt like there was a huge gap in the market that I want, I knew that I could fill and I wanted to fill not only because I wanted to make a podcast because I always thought that sounded fun and I wanted to be able to share my hyperfixations with people, but also I figured if I'm feeling this way, if I feel like I never get to talk about my hyperfixations, I, I love to hyperfixate on things. I love to to explore and learn, but I just don't really have a community for that. Then there's got to be other people like that too. And I mean, who doesn't love learning about weird, fun, crazy things? Everyone's going to love that. But it's also, it, it creates a place for people who don't normally have a place in podcasting communities to also join in. Um, so that was pretty important to me. Honestly, in terms of when, it really just like came to me out of nowhere. <laughs> just I was at home visit, like visiting my parents over Christmas break while I was in college and just all of a sudden I it was just like here's the name, here's what here's what I want to do. I here's why I want to do it. it was just all like right there and I at the time I was I originally co-hosted with Lauren. I just texted her one night and I was like, "Dude, idea we doing it she was like sure <laughs> so yeah that's kind of how it happened and uh knowing myself knowing how i deal with adhd it was probably good that we just did it right away because i would have just been overthinking it and trying to perfect it so i just decided or we just decided really just go for it so that's that's uh that's the story of hyperfocus and obviously if you haven't figured that out by now i have adhd i'm sure i actually i know i've mentioned that a couple times so you know, did, was this selfish? A little bit, <laughs> but was it also philanthropic? Uh, can I say it was philanthropic? I don't know, but it, it was also bigger than myself. I'll say it that way. So I would say we have time for one more question. Let's see what we got here. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Um, this is one that, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of our listeners will relate to. Um, knowing that a majority of our listeners are like teenagers and young adults. Um, so at the underscore sugar goblin on TikTok asks, what should I do with my life? I was never particularly skilled in any trade or hobby growing up. I took two years off before going to college and I don't know what to do. Tattoo artist, historian, therapist. My question is how do you find what direction you want to go in life? Listen, listen, sugar goblin, I'm going to tell you right now, the best thing to do is to ignore this question forever. Never think about it. If you do think about it, you bury it down quick. All right. Instead, what you're going to do is you're going to marry for money and then you'll never have to worry about that. You can just do whatever you want minute by minute. All right. You marry for money. You never worry about a career and then it all works out. You can just sip a nice coffee on your balcony in Southern Italy and never worry about a thing. All right, life plan, there you go. I should have charged you for that life coaching lesson, but here you have it for free. But on the off chance that that doesn't work out, here's here's your plan B. So it kind of sounds to me like you're saying, I don't have anything I, I really wanna do, but I think probably what the problem is, which is the same problem that I've always had, is it's not that you don't have anything that you want to do, but rather that you have too many things that you would want to do, that you don't ever feel like you've had your niche, right? Like, uh, hopefully I'm assuming correctly here, um, but that's kind of how I've always felt. Like, I have too many things that I'm interested in, and, you know, there's probably a, a bunch of things that I could enjoy, but there's nothing that I'm, like, super passionate about. 
the good news is you can do all of the things that you are interested in. Maybe, maybe not all at once, but you don't have to be cemented into one career choice for your entire life. And, and that is something that is, especially um, in more recent years, I don't know, maybe past 10 or 20 years, has become much more the norm rather than just picking one job and being in that job for your entire life. And that is for me, very freeing, but it can also be very nerve wracking, not knowing where to start, not knowing, okay, then what degree do I get? Where do I start looking for jobs? The best advice that I can give you is to just start trying things. And that might look like working for someone for free for a couple weeks. That might look like having a part-time job just to kind of get your foot in the door in a couple different industries. That might look like taking, it sounds like you're in college, might look like taking some extra electives in things that are not related to your major or things that you wouldn't normally, you wouldn't ordinarily study within your major without having those elective credits. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. Even just like researching things online and just learn if say you're interested in coding, so just start, just start learning how to code online. Like there's so many different things that you can do and you can try them all maybe not all, but you can try, you can try a lot of them. And so many people get so hung up on the, what is my dream? What am I going to do? What do I want to do? Because that's what we ask everyone, right? What's your goal? What's your dream? What's your dream job? But very few people know, no one has it figured out. Nobody has it figured out. I've never met a person who has it figured out, who knows what they want to do next and is actively taking steps to do what they want to do next. And they are absolutely sure about it. Might have one or two of those things, but it's, um, I, I learned that pretty quickly as a, as a business manager. After a while, I just, I would hear people say like, oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm behind. I feel like I'm out of the loop. And I'd just be like, listen, no one in this room has it figured out. And oftentimes I would say that around someone who is 10, 20, 30 years older than me. And they'd be like, yeah, you're right. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And that's totally okay. But at some point, you know, you do have to have a job. You do have to make money. And it's okay to take your time finding what is going to be long-term. If you want to try working in a bakery, but you're not ready to commit to that for a couple years or commit to going to, you know, get training in that, just go to a local bakery and be like, hey, can I shadow you for a week or two? You know, you're not going to do free labor forever and you're going to make that clear. But if you really just want to learn and help, help yourself figure out what you like, then that's, that can be a good thing to do. And, and this is pretty much what I did. I didn't know that podcasting was my dream job until I started podcasting. I kind of just had an idea. I went to a friend and was like, hey, I would really like to try this. Would you like to try this with me? And as I went on, I realized, wow, I really love this. But I never would have known that if I hadn't just started trying things. If I hadn't just said, oh, here's an idea that sounds interesting. I would like to try it. I tried it. I loved it, but I, I really never would have come to that conclusion had I not tried it because it was just something that I thought sounded fun and interesting. So my advice is just to try all of those things, try the things that seem fun and interesting. And then when you try them, kind of evaluate it as like, after I've been doing this for a while, is it still fun and interesting? Is it something that I'm good at? And is it something that I can make money from? Is it something that I find fulfillment in? Is it something that I feel good about doing this job? Like, do I feel morally okay about doing this job? Do I feel like there's going to be moral challenges? Um, 
You want to evaluate all those things, of course, but you don't have to know everything about the job before you start it. Just try it in a very low risk situation. And then you can kind of evaluate those things as you see how some of the gears are turning within that job or that career, that field. But really like the hardest part about most things in life is just starting. If you can get good at starting, you're set. You're pretty much set. I mean, it's an oversimplification for sure, but most people won't start. Most people won't take the time to do the things that they're really interested in. Most people won't take the risk of like, what if I fail? What if I don't like this? What if I'm not good at it? What if I can't make good money from it? You're not going to know until you try. Maybe the money one. If that's not, that's not so much the point here. It is, it is definitely a difficult question, but opportunities will come to you. If you just put yourself out there, you sometimes you just got to show up. You just got to ask. You just got to try. And it seems like an oversimplification. Like it seems too easy. It seems very cliche, but it really is true. I'm doing things now that I never thought I would do that. I never thought I wanted to do. It never really crossed my mind because opportunities have popped up from this thing that I love. So just try things, give yourself a fair shot, give the careers a good shot and see what you love and what you're good at and what you feel you can do for a long time. And and eventually you'll find something you like. It doesn't have to be the thing, but we live in a world now where you don't have to have the thing. And it's okay if you get the wrong degree and you end up doing something completely different because you learn so much more than just your degree in college. It's okay if you have a job for a year or two that you absolutely hate. Through that, you're learning what you love or you're learning what you don't wanna do. So don't worry so much about the mistakes. Don't worry so much about picking the wrong thing and just start picking things. Just start trying things. Remember that when you start trying things, it's not a long-term commitment unless you want it to be. You're in control here and the whole like, what is your dream? You need to have life figured out. They're all false. <laughs> like That is, um, it's a conversation starter and that's all it is. So best of luck to you, sugar goblin would love to hear what you end up doing. Well, this episode ended up being um, longer than I thought it would be. I, I, I know I'll edit some of it out, but uh, it is one in the morning, goodness, and I need to get some sleep and there's probably something you need to be doing too. Um, and if there's not, then go try something. Okay. I realized the way I sounded, uh, the way I said that sounded like I was suggesting that you do something that it was, you know, maybe a little bit risky. Go try something. No, go try a new career, a new hobby, make a new friend. Don't do drugs or anything like anything illegal, please. And if you do, hyperfocus does not take ownership or liability for any of that. Okay. Go do something wholesome and go use your hyperfocus. Okay. Instead, that's what I was trying to get at. Now I've lost my train of thought because it is one in the morning and my ADHD meds have worn off, blah, 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 blah. You know that you know the drill. So I'm going to sign off. I hope this was fun. Maybe we'll do this again in the future as a bonus episode or something like that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But if you do have questions for us, you can always email us or DM us. And this time I've learned my lesson and I will keep track of them better. Also, speaking of keeping track of things better, someone asked if we were still doing the stickers from July. Yes, we are still doing them. 
takes a while. I had to make a list of everyone's name and address and I had to follow up with some people because they left a line out of their address. I didn't put their name in. And also, you know what? Uh, I'm slow with some of those things. I gave you fair warning. I said, this is going to probably take six months and I'm not at the six month mark yet. So be patient. They're coming. I'll, I'll, I'll get to them. Yeah, I'll definitely, definitely get to them soon. Um, I, I gave myself six months for a reason. Did I forget about them until I saw that question? I mean, not completely, but they definitely were not at the top of my consciousness. So, you know, thanks for the reminder, but also back off. <laughs> um, not actually, I'm just, you know, I, w- I was not kidding when I said this will take six months. It's just who I am as a person. But yes, they will come to you. If you don't get them in the next couple months, please reach out to us. Maybe some of them didn't get delivered by then or something like that. Unless you're abroad, then maybe it takes a couple months to get there. I don't know. Yes, they're coming. I'll do it. I'll do it. Ugh. My brain hates all the silly little tasks I make for myself. So anyway, thank you for hanging out with me today and just me. Um, it's been hanging out with you guys since Maddie was not here. It's weird. Honestly, it was weird. I, I'm not used to uh, not having someone to like feed off of not having ideas bounce back and forth, not having conversation. But I hope that you all had some fun today. I hope I provided a little bit of entertainment and maybe some knowledge and um, rambling insights, as I always do. They're never concise. They would never work on a quote website or on a motivational poster. They're just me rambling, and I hope there's something that you can glean from it. But if not, just pretend you did, please. All right, I just need this. Just let me have this. But you can tell me how wonderful of a job I did if you go to our social medias, which um, our Instagram is still hyperfocus underscore podcast. Still trying to get that changed, but for some reason, Instagram will not let us change it back to hyperfocus pod. Ugh, that was a whole ordeal. TikTok is hyperfocus pod. Twitter is hyperfocus underscore pod. Our Gmail is hyperfocuscast at gmail.net whoa, no, <laughs> gmail.net, hyperfocuscast at gmail.com. I'm clearly tired. Our Facebook and YouTube, which we don't talk about the YouTube. <laughs> that is hyperfocus colon, a podcast for chaotic minds. And what am I missing? Am I missing something? Suppose not. All right. I might be. Who's to say? Doesn't matter. Stay chaotic, babes. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. 
Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.